all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. And so I started, you know, reading more about uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and, and ME, uh, which I haven't, hadn't really done because I thought well, that's not a real di- diagnosis. Well, uh, I have the, the Lyme disease uh, diagnosis. This podcast is sponsored by the Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. I'm so excited to tell you about our new Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker. One of the things I hear over and over again, whether it's talking to a patient in my office or consulting over the phone with a client, is just how difficult it is to keep track of progress on their Lyme journey. Recording symptoms daily or even weekly gives them too many data points. There are so many ups and downs, twists and turns that at some point they get lost and confused. The Lyme Ninja Symptom Tracker takes all the guesswork out of tracking symptoms with a simple monthly questionnaire. Once a month is the perfect interval to see if that new supplement or protocol is working. Right now, when you take the Symptom Tracker questionnaire, we give you a simple composite score for the month. But we have big plans and the data you enter will not be lost as we roll out new features. Best of all, it's free. Just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker and sign up. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com slash tracker. You'll be glad you did. Join us every Thursday on iTunes for the latest episode of Lime Ninja Radio. Hello, I'm your host and acupuncturist, McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 204 with Lime Ninja Mari Tuin. Also welcome our show producer and the brains behind Lime Ninja Radio, Aurora. Hello, and in this episode, you will learn how neuroplasticity can help relieve Lyme symptoms, when a Lyme diagnosis stops being helpful, and how 15 minutes of mindfulness can help you heal. Thank you, Aurora, and be sure to listen to the end of the podcast for our Lyme Ninja Fact of the Day. As you all know, Lyme disease is an international problem. Each week we have listeners join us from all over the world. And this past week we've had listeners from Portugal to Pakistan and from Australia to Ireland. Also a big thank you for all you longtime Lyme ninjas. Aurora and I really, really appreciate you listening. And we'd like to welcome all the new listeners out there. Welcome to Lyme Ninja Radio. We're glad you tuned in. Yes, we are. And speaking of tuning in, this week's top 10 tune-in cities are... Starting at number 10, Beneshov in the Czech Republic. Cool. Skokie, Illinois. Number 8 is Atlanta, Georgia. Number 7, Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Number 6, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Number 5, Los Angeles, California. Number 4, Saratoga Springs, New York. Number 3, Chicago, Illinois. Number 2, Indianapolis, Indiana. Number 1, St. Paul, Minnesota. Do you know your Lyme score? If not, do yourself a favor, head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and fill out the Lime Ninja Symptom Tracker. It's free. Okay, Aurora, thanks for that. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about this week's guest, Mari Tuin. Mari doesn't know how or where she contracted Lyme disease. To make matters worse, she is terrified of bugs and screams when she sees one. (laughs) I forgot about that part of the story. (laughs) Her main symptoms are overwhelming fatigue that forced her to withdraw from the university to focus on her health. But now she's better. 
This is an amazing story. It you're really gonna, is. You're going to love it. Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Lime Ninja Mari Tuin. Hello, Mari. Hello. It's McKay. Hello there. Long time no talk. It has been a long time. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Quite well. Thank you. <clears throat> Good. So you have a lot to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so tell me about... Uh, sorry, my dog's in the background snoring. Tell me about <laughs> your crash. Like, what happened? Do you know? So we spoke, I guess it was the fall of 2015. And then my big crash was about a year after. And before that, in the spring of 2016, I was starting to do a lot better. I was actually living in Paris uh, for three, four months. Very spontaneous, but as soon as I got there, I started feeling better and better slowly. And I didn't really understand why, but I started to, to understand that there was a big kind of emotional and mental aspect to the whole thing. And I still felt, I still felt sick. It was just that I, it started with feeling more, more, I don't know, positive and lighthearted. And since I was there in Paris, I obviously had to kind of deal with a lot of things there that kind of distracted me from the fact that I was sick. While as in my, in my life leading up to that, I had all, all my time to think about, uh, how I felt and how hopeless my situation was and, you know, that whole thing. But anyway, I moved back home to Norway in the summer of 2016 and I started feeling worse. And then I had my big crash in September, October. But it really was, it felt like one day to the next, it just, it crashed completely. No energy crazy anxiety panic attacks and it kept getting worse and worse and worse and by november december i couldn't get out of bed at all i couldn't tolerate any light i was so completely dizzy and everything everything gave me anxiety anxiety if the phone called if somebody uh, rang the doorbell my heart would just kind of jump out of my mouth i couldn't meet friends i couldn't go out I, I, I couldn't speak on the phone. I, everything was kind of off limit. And it, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, it was just basically I wanted to die. And by that time, you know, I had I already felt that I had tried everything because I had been, you know, searching the internet and buying every supplement known to men uh, over the past, I don't know, five years by that time. Yeah, so that was a dark time. Did you think about really moving dark. back to Paris? Uh, no, <laughs> but, but you know, <laughs> the thing was, I I actually went back to Paris uh, when I had my crash. I had my crash back in Paris. Oh, okay. Because I thought that kind of Paris was the magic, magic cure, and I don't sure. know why. <laughs> right. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it wasn't that simple. So I went back to Paris actually in the fall in September, and that's when I had my crash. Ah. And there was a lot of things going on there with my relationship with my boyfriend at the time was really starting to uh, 
crumble and there was just a lot of stress a lot of a lot of stress and you know now I can realize just how I was stressed 24-7 I didn't have a second to kind of rest my mind if it wasn't you know the illness it was just kind of every everything else nothing was in place you know so yeah it just all came crashing down and uh, it was extremely frightening yeah did you move back home uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to move back home. I I, I moved back in t- with my mom, and she basically cared for me twenty four seven for the year to follow. Well, okay, especially kind of the first six months. She made every meal. She did everything. She kind of she changed my bed sheets. Everything. I couldn't do anything. It was it was crazy, and I was just lying there in the dark because I couldn't go out to the living room because I couldn't t- tolerate any lights or any sounds or anything. I was just, I was a wreck really. And I, <laughs> yeah, I thought I was dying really. It was like, yeah, I've tried everything and now I'm here and now I'm 23 years old and I'm, uh, I'm no dead. Hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I was laying there in bed and I was, I kept on, you know, Googling and, was on all of these forums and but then I, I, I just I said to myself okay I've been I've been doing this for five years like it's not it's not going to help me but then and I don't know exactly how or or when it happened but I came across because over all these years I was very kind of um I was I was using the kind of the Lyme disease diagnosis even though my symptoms was, you know, very inter... It was basically CFS, you know. It was... All my symptoms were energy-related. Mm-hmm. And so I started, you know, reading more about uh, chronic fatigue syndrome and, and ME, uh, which I haven't, hadn't really done because I thought, well, that's not a real diagnosis. Well, uh, I have the, the Lyme disease uh, diagnosis. Right. And that's what led me to neuroplasticity, there was this Australian guy called Daniel Neufer uh, who had created or he had had CFS himself for, I don't know, 10 years, just completely bedridden. And then he got himself well. And, and after that, he, write, he wrote a book and then he made an online program about kind of basically what he did. And there, at that time, there was a lot of different things going on because I kind of discovered this whole CFS world and that there were a lot of people kind of making coming to similar conclusions and there was a clinic in London called the Optimum Health Clinic and I actually went there uh, in all my desperation uh, for like a four four day uh, seminar uh, but I was too sick to go so I, I managed to go the first day and then I was just lying in a in a hostel bed oh, no. for the three remaining days and it was a complete disaster and I was so kind of riddled with anxiety and and I couldn't I couldn't lift a, an arm you know I was I was so sick and it is a miracle I, I got myself home because I, I really thought that was impossible and then when I got home well, this could be a very, very long and boring story. It could also be a short story. I don't know which version you would like to hear. No, let's, the, the long story is actually interesting because you're not the only one out there who is dealing with Lyme and chronic fatigue. And then 
I, I just spoke with another friend of mine and she was saying something very similar. She doesn't really have the chronic fatigue symptoms, but she's got all these other digestive issues and she was stuck on the Lyme diagnosis for so long that it blinded her to the other problems. And I, yeah. And if you look at all of these things, they kind of, they come together, right? In a package It's a little bit different for each person, but it's very much kind of the same picture right and then you call it yes Lyme disease and then you you put a lot of different labels to it Mm -hmm. like you have IBS you have Lyme you have this and that and I I, I was chasing all of these different diagnoses for so long and parasites and candida and you know you name it HPV everything and so I kept reading more and more about neuroplasticity and just In the beginning, it was almost like I was provoked by the idea that there was actually, because I knew from the moment I got sick, I knew that there was something wrong with my brain. You know, my my symptoms were very much neurological, the the light sensitivity, the dizziness, the the foggy vision, everything. Uh, I knew that it kind of originated in my brain, no doubt about it. And that was why it was so scary as well. Uh, because I had never felt any symptoms similar to to the ones I got when I when I got sick with this when I was eighteen, and so the idea that you know it all originated in in the brain when you have CFS when you have all of these diseases, it really resonated me with me, and I and I felt for the first time in all of these years that wow, there's actually you know there's a there's a root problem to all of these problems, and I've I've just been trying to kind of mop up the floor. <laughs> while there's been a big hole in my roof mm-hmm. to to paint you the picture. Um, and so I bought this online program, this Australian guy, Daniel Neufer, and there was like, I don't know, 40, 50 lessons that you watched one each day. A lot, a lot, a lot of information. And it was the kind of the core piece of it was brain retraining. But there was also, he focused also a lot of nutrition and exercise and different things. So there was just a lot to take in. Then there was a kind of a open comment section for all of the all of the people who participated. And there was kind of, you can ask about everything in the, and there was a lot of confusion and, and things in that comment section. But anyway, the idea is that your brain has been through a trauma and that could be like you've reached a kind of tipping point where you have accumulated so much stress in your life and that can be both physical and and mental stress usually it's both mm-hmm. um, and then your brain it can be triggered by for example Lyme disease or glandular fever or anything like that an infection or just something traumatic really and then your brain gets stuck in a rut it gets stuck in fight or flight and when it never, when it's never able to to shut off and go into rest and digest, because basically your your uh, autonomic nervous system can be only one of those two. It's either fight or flight, on full alert, or it's rest and digest, where you can heal and and restore. And uh, and this really resonated resonated with me, but it wasn't. It wasn't really working what I was doing. I was trying to putting it into practice, practice but it, mm-hmm. I, I just I knew it wasn't really working. And I did get a little bit better, 
but my my whole mind and my body and my whole system was just so shut down and my mind was a really a dark place i was so full of fear and hopelessness and and just i was so fatigued and exhausted that i didn't have much to right, to much, bring to the table yeah, it was too much work for your for your yeah a lot a way. lot of work yeah and i was so hard on myself as well you know mm. um so it was just, it was a very hard time. I was very, very lonely and I was, it was very hard. I was really at rock bottom. And even if I felt like a little, 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 little better, mm-hmm. that was nothing. That that meant, oh, I can go and make myself a cup of tea or I can sit outside my house for 10 minutes and read that book. <laughs> I was still severely depressed, you know, because I was so far from everything that could mean any sort of normalcy and I, and I was kind of cut off from everything but fast forward and yeah so I came across a kind of a lot of different or similar sort of approaches online that all kind of resembled and I came across one that is called the dynamic neural retraining system which is founded by a Canadian lady Annie Hopper and I just I remember I think I liked their Facebook page. And that was all I did because I already had this other program, right? I I started following this Facebook page and as the weeks and the months went by, there was just, they were sharing kind of success stories from the participants or the people who had bought the program. And they just kept, kept coming up these success stories, these crazy stories. And I have, I hadn't seen anything like that with the other programs. Like, People were recovering from everything, from Lyme disease, from chronic fatigue, from MCS and electromagnetic hypersensitivity, from IBS, from anxiety, PSTD, mm-hmm. uh, chronic infections, everything. And then there were more and more and more people recovering and like saying that, wow, after six months, I can go back to work. I can live the life I want. Six months ago, I was bedridden. I've been sick for 20 years. I've tried everything. This is it. You have to do this. So I ended up buying the DNRS DVDs. They also run uh, five-day seminars around the world, but that is very expensive. And also I'm not, I'm in Norway, so... (laughs) There wasn't much going on right here. So I bought the DVDs and I got them in mid-January, I think. And I spent four days watching these DVDs. And I started uh, implementing the program. And So were the DVDs something to watch or were they educational? Do you know what I mean? They were, yeah, they're very, very educational. Okay. And you get like a, a booklet that you use and you, you do kind of exercises and then you... But there's a lot of information to take in, and then you start training as you go along. Now, was this information similar to what you had learned before, or was it completely different? It, it was very similar, and that was also why I was so skeptical while watching it, like, well, this isn't going to change a whole lot. But the moment when it changed was the moment when how to implement the practice, because this is where the NRS is different, because... With DNRS, you train one hour a day. Mm-hmm. And with these other problems, it was just more like a constant and very vague process that you had to kind of bear in mind all the time. Like, okay. like stop these thoughts, stop right. your trauma loop, blah, blah, blah. Uh, with DNRS, you kind of you set aside at least one hour a day and so then like you train. Going to, the, going to the mental gym. Yeah. 
Exactly. And then you, of course, you have to bear it with you at all time. But it's that one hour, it changed everything. And they call it rounds. So you do at least four rounds a day. And one hour is 15 minutes. So it makes up an hour. And I did my first two rounds at the end of those four days, having watched the the DVDs. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was just crazy. (laughs) Because basically, you recreate happy memories, and then you go, then you make up future memories. And my body was just, I flooded my own body with with happiness, with euphoria. It was crazy. (laughs) And I was like, wow. Am I able to do this to myself? It was really simple, you know. It, I felt like a little child. And after doing that, I started ha- feeling horrible. I'm, I'm meaning horrible for weeks. I couldn't keep up with it because I, I've never had a stronger sort of Herx reaction in my whole life. <laughs> really? Um, From just ma- yeah. make, making happy memories? Yeah, yeah, because I was changing the whole neurochemistry in my whole system, you know. I was I was switching off something that has had been on for years. So here's a question for you: Did did you have a sense in the background that even though you're going through this herx or whatever it was, neurological herx, mm. that things were getting better, or were you just thinking, "Oh my God, here we go again"? No, I I, I uh, even though it was really hard at the beginning. I mean, probably the hardest sort of phase I've gone through with any treatment. It just it proved that something was happening. It was working. It was addressing. It was going right to the to the root of it. And also, uh, there's a forum that you get access to when you buy this program, and it's an amazing, amazing, amazing forum. And uh, this is very. It's a great sign when you have what they call a spike. So when you start reacting, it starts getting uh, worse before it gets better because your whole system gets uh, addictions. It's like withdrawal from from your uh, from your biochemistry. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So I kept going with my practice. I didn't notice, and also I felt really, really depressed in the beginning when I when I started. It was like a very kind of chemical feeling of depression that my brain was just off when I started um, doing this uh, this practice so I had to build up very very slowly I just I started with one round a day and then there was a lot of kind of anxiety and depression and just extreme brain fog and fatigue that followed and also when with the NRS you're very much encouraged to kind of track your process and very much focus on whatever little positive thing is changing and it it almost becomes like a game you just you focus a lot on whatever positive thing is is happening, and then you just you don't verbalize all the other stuff. Right. Yeah, this was late January, and then I started because I've always been writing a lot. I'm, I've always had my diary. I've always been always been making lists and everything. So that came very natural to me, and I think by uh, the end of February. I started to to feel I don't even know if I started to feel better but in 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 the concept of this retraining it's very much about kind of challenging yourself to reclaim things in your life so it, it almost it becomes like a game and then when you kind of wow I made it to the store today then you write that down and you celebrate it and when you when you go out for a coffee with a friend mm-hmm. then you write that down and it's like Yes, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the, 
yeah so it's very much it's a retraining that's very much what it is and and the whole concept of kind of desensitize yourself really just kind of you end up with so many triggers and it just gets worse and worse and worse and everything is triggering you and so this is all about kind of facing all of these triggers and and change the associations that your brain has with them and with everything and I, I was triggered by everything of course. it was just and it was so funny because I wasn't even aware of it and then when I had to start being aware of it it was crazy because I, I, if I was going to the toilet, if, if I was going to, to stand up, my whole body was kind of tensing up like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, I have to, I have to use energy now, getting myself out of bed. Like I could feel my whole new nervous system kind of firing from right. everything. Every, every, right. everything, becomes a, everything becomes a trauma or a yeah, source of stress. Absolutely everything. Right. Everything. Right. And imagine how much energy you're using on being in that trauma state all the time. You're never resting. I was, even my, you know, my dreams at night, if, if I was waking up at night, it was trauma and it was just stress. If I woke up and I had to go to the toilet, it was like alarm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like full, full alert in my body. Right. And then if, even if you get a little calm point, correct me if I'm wrong here, but th then you're looking mm. at yourself or you're thinking about yourself in the situation and you're down on your, you said you're being hard on yourself and think, oh, yeah. I'm so broken. This is never going to get better. Yeah. There's something so wrong yeah. with me. And, you know, so there are no wins. So they're, they're, the happy part of the brain doesn't get any, doesn't get no. any workout at all. So these, this whole idea of marking down wins, like going to, uh, reframing what a win is, what a good thing is like, like maybe putting on slippers and going to the bathroom and brushing mm. your teeth is a win, right? Yeah. And something you keep track of yeah, and yeah. celebrate. And that's for a normal person, it sounds absolutely crazy. But when yeah, you've been so sick for so long, it's not crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. And it's all, it's so funny because it starts by just kind of placing your focus elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very hard at first, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very, very, very hard yes. because you're so used to it. And, you know, I think, I've, well, obviously I've been kind of conditioned to be in this negative or trauma, whatever you want to call it, loop long before I actually got sick because I got sick, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was already um, an imbalance in my whole system that was building up, allowing that kind of perfect storm to happen. It's been six months now, actually. Yeah, I celebrated my my six month mark like uh, two weeks ago, and the program says you should train for a minimum of six months until or until you feel completely recovered. So some people they kind of keep going for years, even though they feel you know I don't know a ninety percent or whatever. Mm -hmm. So and yeah, so where, where, and I where do you think you are right now? If I mean, it's completely artificial to put a number on it, but are you at 10%, yeah, that's 50%? Hard. I would say that's so funny as well, because I think when you have been so sick for so long, you kind of forget what normal actually feels like. Mm -hmm. So when I was back in March, <laughs> back in March, there were days where I thought, wow, is this what normal feels like? And now I'm thinking back in March and I was like, yeah, that was probably like 20, 30%. Uh -huh. And now I would say like 85, oh, wow. 90. That's amazing. Yeah. 
And it's still very much a case for me now. It's it's above all about kind of reclaiming things in my life that have been so kind of out of reach for so long. Give me some examples, like reclaiming what? My ability to work and to study and to party and to make plans and also to be spontaneous, Uh I guess. And to just say, yeah, I'm in without kind of, oh my God, what will happen if I go there? Will I have the energy? Like in all of those, all of those thought patterns Mm -hmm. are now gone or like they they pop up but when they pop up i kind of squash them and that's uh, the other kind of major element of dnrs there's a whole kind of section called the patterns of the past yes and that are basically all these thought patterns that are triggering that, that keep you stuck in the loop that you want to get out of so basically you need to from day one you need to to think and to behave uh, like a healthy person even though you don't go out running a marathon but you start thinking you start re reteaching your brain what it's like to act like a, a healthy brain you know this i i hear this theme coming up now maybe i'm hearing it because i'm listening for it and in in my mind anyway if you go back 50 years 75 years i think there was this more of a cultural expectation that our brains needed some care and feeding and some training that a brain left untrained uh, could cause you problems. And the simple way that was portrayed was the, the, the angel, you know, the, the angel on one side and the devil on the other type of thing. Yeah. And that really, if you just let those two forces run wild, you know, whether you put that in terms of good and evil or negative or positive thoughts, whatever that is, it can get a bit messy and that you had some responsibility for which which way you were going to turn. And I think we yeah. lost some of that somewhere. Somehow, yeah, we lost this so idea. Much. So part of what you're talking about is really regaining control of your Yeah, brain. very much so. And of my whole life, really, of my whole health. Because yeah, because of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was completely victimized from this whole experience, and and it, I just felt like my body had failed me, and I was scared of it, and I was scared of myself and my future and of everything, and I, I had no trust in, <clears throat> in my body's ability to heal. And what neuroplasticity teaches you is that your body wants to heal. Mm-hmm. It will do whatever it can to heal if given the opportunity. And you don't need a billion supplements. You don't need <laughs> all of those uh, therapies. And I've, you know, I've taken like a billion and a billion blood tests and scans of my head and, you know, just any, every test known to men. And they've never found anything organically wrong with me. There have been imbalances showing up in my blood tests. Things haven't been optimal, obviously. Uh, But I felt I was dying, and yet they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So I knew there was something. There's something strange here. Yes. Something's not right. It's not a hardware problem. It's a software problem. Right, right. And that was up to me to to change that and to reclaim my, my life and my health. It really changes not just my physical abilities, but the way I see everything and everyone and my perception of life. And I'm just so calm now. And I just, I trust life and the flow of things. And I'm just, yeah, 
flowing around. <laughs> That's so fascinating. Well, you know, part of, I was listening to your voice, and part of it is you are older now, but you also sound completely differently. Your voice is completely yeah. different than it was before. And it would be interesting to, to really go back and see if the, I'm just hallucinating or... <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> so I was just so hopeless back then. I just... Yeah, I bet I do sound different. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for yeah, you? I'll, what's next? Yeah. Um, now I'm just very focused on kind of... Building my life and uh, applying for a part-time job. I'm, I've been studying kind of all along, but I had to kind of to to pull back and study part-time and also online studies, so I didn't have to actually leave the house. Mm-hmm. But now I want to go back to study at university and hopefully get my own apartment and just I don't know, be normal, <laughs> earn my own money and travel and yeah just do everything well best of luck to you yes thank you journey here that you've been through and thanks for being willing to share it with us yeah i'm I'm very happy to and also you know it, it, it it's been six and a half years and then these past six months everything has changed so it happened it has happened very very quickly it was just a matter of finding the the key now Here's another probably unknowable question. Do you think that the work that you did leading up to this created a bit of a foundation as well? Or or do you think really you were just floundering around and when you found the proper intervention, things really turned around for you? The latter, I think, very much. I Obviously, it didn't hurt to, to eat healthy and things like that, but... My whole my whole system. I, I don't. I, I'm just thinking about all of those supplements and all of that food, and I wasn't able to absorb it anyway because my body was just in survival mode. You know, <laughs> didn't have, to have the capacity to actually absorb nutrients or grow hair or whatever. And you know, now my skin is like glowing. I've had kind of extreme acne problems during this whole sickness period. My whole back looked like it looked like a pizza, and now it's just lean and soft and perfect. Uh, and my hair is is getting back to being thick and curly and full. And I've gained weight. I was so underweight. Oh my god! When I was at my sickest, I was just skin and bones. And all of these things, it's because my whole system. I, I taught my my whole system to calm down, and then it can could kind of fix stuff. So I have another question here. I'm not sure. I don't mean to insult you asking it, um, but so were you? Were you causing your own illness? And I don't no. No. So what no, was? So how do you, how do you view this? I view it as that I indulged more and more in fear over the years and I don't know why specifically that is because I've not had I don't have any kind of crazy childhood trauma story to tell you or anything like that but I've always been a kind of sensitive person when I was a child I was scared of a lot of things and then you know small things happen here and there and 
by the time I was a teenager, I was very much running on adrenaline, and I didn't realize it at the time. Mm. But I was that was my default um, setting, like being pumped up on adrenaline, and and as soon as I kind of sat down and 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 sort of was all by myself, it was so uncomfortable that I just kept on running. So I definitely kind of burned the candle at both ends when I was uh, a young teenager. Mm-hmm. And just my whole way, way of thinking about things and about life. And just, I was always very much looking for problems and always worst, worst case scenario and always looking for danger and abandonment. And I was, I was just, yeah, you know, that happy brain that you talk about, it didn't get much attention and it was not that I was depressed or anything. It was just that my my mind was a very toxic place. And it was very, very stressed without me really realizing it, I think. And then the infections came and, you know, it was just uh, a heavy load on that both. And <laughs> ever since I actually got sick, it just, of course, got much, much, much worse. Uh, and I started avoiding things and, you know, avoidance just leaves you more sensitive. And then it just, it becomes a down- downward facing spiral. At the end, I was nothing but a sick person. That was all I was to myself. So I was just kind of burying myself in in, in all of this. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. That makes so much sense. It does. Once it again, Lyme takes our faults and magnifies them. A hundred or a thousand times. Yes. And then very it, much it so. Also seems, it also seems to me, and people may disagree with me on this, is that when the Lyme is finally defeated, and whether or not it's totally gone or not, who knows, but then we're still left with that hundred times or thousand times problem to heal as well. So yeah. That, you know, it leaves it it's not like the infectious went the infection went away and you returned to normal. No, the infection went away and you're still dealing with this this toxic brain pattern. Mm, yeah. And in a way it's like now I can sort of view it as a as a blessing because <laughs> I had to I had to hit rock bottom to kind of get to the root of it and to unravel and now I just feel uh, I feel free, and I feel that everything is possible, and that, that I have so much agency in my in my own life, and and it's uh, amazing to apply that to everything I encounter. It is like a game, and it's a game that works for me, not against me. And it's so amazing to to have those tools. And and now I kind of I go through life, and I meet people, and I think hmm, you should do some brain training, even even though the person isn't physically. <laughs> physically ill right but it's just it's such a gift to to learn how to kind of master your your thoughts and your and your behaviors and your actions and your feelings really and that we have so much more control over those those things than than we are uh, thought to believe uh, because we are very much uh, brought up to i don't know be the victim of of what happens to us and our and our feelings and our sicknesses and uh, everything, and it's so much more about how you react than what actually happens to you. So well said. So much easier said than done. Like you said, it does take practice. <laughs> it does take practice. Yeah, but it's so possible. It's not impossible at all. No, it's not impossible. 
for some because people, DRS, it's just not natural. This, no, it's and it's not. And I'll tell you, it wasn't for me. <laughs> uh, right, you got worse. Right, you felt terrible while doing this. Yeah, yeah, and that is the the addictions of your of your conditioned system that you're feeling. So yeah, I just want everyone who is listening to this try DNRS, try try brain retraining. You won't regret it, and it's. I don't know, two hundred, three hundred dollars for those DVDs, and you will just—it's so worth it. And it's no crazy ingredients and side effects that will um, fuck you up. It's brain retraining, so <laughs> it's not scary. And just can I ask uh, this personal question? You can tell me absolutely no, but how much money did you spend before you got to this? Would you say? I haven't. I haven't done the math. Uh, a lot, a lot. I have no idea. I, I think I have to ask my parents. I know, it's, because... <laughs> I know it's been a lot. That's why I asked. And, you know. Yeah, it's been a lot. And like we still have a, at my mom's place, there's still you know, so many supplements and <laughs> and and uh, tinctures and uh, herbs and everything. She's like, are you going to use this? It's like <laughs> a closet full of essential oils. I'm mm-hmm. like, can I, can I? throw this away now and I'm like yes I'll never touch it again <laughs> so I feel like I just want to scream from the top of my lungs at stop stop wasting your money stop stop chasing the symptoms stop chasing the diagnosis because there's also a lot of people earning so much money on your misery and they will just they will tell you that you need this and you need that and you you need to go to this doctor and pay a hundred thousand dollars for a consultation and it's just very sad and of course, there are general, genu- genuine people trying to help you, but there's also a whole business thriving on this. There is indeed. Whenever there isn't a clear answer for something, uh, lots of people will fill in the gap with solutions. And yeah. you know, especially when there's no, when everybody's saying, "Well, this worked for me, this didn't work for me." But I think mm, what you bring right. up is very good. The the intervention you're talking about is very simple. It's very inexpensive. And they can't. And it's very much self empowering. Self empowering, yes. It's the key, and you have it in your own, in your own brain, actually, in your own hands. But you just need to learn the tools to reclaim it. Yes. To reclaim it, and I, yeah, I just want to kind of stress that I got a lot of different diagnoses over the years, like all of these things, like IBS. Candida, parasites, Lyme disease, chronic HPV, all of these things. And, you know, I'm not troubled by, by any of those anymore. And that's not thanks to any pill or herb or uh, treatment. It's my body, own. Yeah, the mind-body connection is very, yeah. very strong. Yeah, and if you're cons- yeah, it's everything. It's, it's crazy to think for a second that it, it's separated. And especially if you have neurological <laughs> symptoms, you should know that, you know, that's in your brain and your mind is also in your brain. And Omar, you've been very generous with your time and I appreciate it very, very much. You have a very inspiring story. And I know you're going to help a lot of people by sharing it. So thank you. Thank you so much for letting me. You know, you're not crazy. She sounds so much better than when we last 
heard from her. And that was way back on episode 64. Yeah, that's a few years ago now, a isn't it? A few years ago. She actually, I remember sometimes things flow together, but she was one of the interviews that I really remembered because I just wanted to give her a hug and say, you know, it's going to be okay. And to hear her voice and hear how much better she's feeling right now and how she was able to help herself. I was like, okay, she's, she's okay now. She's turned the corner. She, she, she's got this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What's amazing to me in these stories and especially hers is how much agency plays a role. So who's the leading agent in this disease process, recovery process? If you have given away control, you're never going to heal. And really, that's what Mari discovered through neuroplasticity, is that she could regain control of her life and her beliefs about her life, probably more importantly. Yeah. Little by little, small wins, getting belief, building belief in herself, building some actual sense of accomplishment. We can blow rainbows and skittles all the time, but deep down we know it's not true. And there's lots of research out there uh, in the world of coaching and helping students achieve that if you give them just baloney feedback, they don't buy it at deep down level. They need to actually accomplish things and relish the hard work to really embrace the hard work and know that that's the path through it. And Mari did that. And it's really remarkable. And really, that's why we call this Lime Ninja Radio. The idea is that you've got a ninja spirit, a never-say-die spirit, that you're always going to be fighting and scraping and using secret weapons and techniques to combat Lyme disease. This is much a mental disease, emotional disease, spirit disease, as it is an infection. And without the proper mindset, unless you're super lucky... Right? Some people are just lucky. You get sick, take a few biotics, antibiotics, you feel better. But that's not the people we're talking to. That's not you who's listening. You're listening because you've been sick for a long time. And you got to get your mind straight. You got to get your mind right. That's step one. And she showed us why that's so important because she had a closet full of supplements. Yep. And you can have all the supplements in the world, all the antibiotics in the world. If your spirit is defeated, there's no way to heal just not going to happen. The best you can do is feel better for a while before you relapse. So that's my pep talk. Get your mind right. Believe in yourself. Small wins, whether it's brushing your teeth, whether it's brushing your teeth twice a day, that might be a win. And it's okay that that's small. They don't have to be run the marathon. That can be way down the road. But start small, create belief, create wins in your life and go get it. You can do this. If you like <laughs> our ranting and raving here at Lime Ninja Radio, please subscribe. That way you won't miss any of this. And if you really like what we're doing, leave us a review on your podcast app. And if you really, really like what we're doing, I'd appreciate it if you support us by donating $1 a month. For just $1, you can help us make the world a better place for people with tick-borne diseases. Head on over to our homepage, LimeNinjaRadio.com, and look for the link under the How Can We Help You headline. 
A big shout out to all our patrons. Thank you for making the world a better place for people with Lyme and other tick-borne diseases. If you have any feedback, suggestions for guests, really anything, send us an email to feedback at LimeNinjaRadio.com. And last, as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, this podcast would not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja Fact of the Day. Did you know when ninjas switch to Geico, they save 100%. Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique, and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.